0: Okay guys, welcome to the Restored and Empowered Podcast. It has been a while and I apologize for that. I actually started um, doing some new outpatient therapy things and had to get the ball rolling before I could kind of shift and continue to focus on my little side podcast. Um, I love to provide free content and I feel like that's important, especially right now during the whole COVID crisis and so, I'm back on. That's what I'm planning to do is to come to you today and just encourage you. This message is specifically for people who are working with kids right now be that parents, uh, maybe teachers that have parents coming to them nonstop because parents are like, How do I entertain my children all day? I'm used to them being at school. Um, or maybe you have always homeschooled and you're like, This is nothing new, but I love new ideas. Um, All of the above, continue to listen, please, because I think that there's a few different things I'm going to share today that you can at least give a try if you haven't already. And I hope that this time will be just one of encouragement and that you will come out feeling like, one, you're not alone. And two, you're not crazy for thinking that you need to put in some more structure And three, structure does not have to be as difficult as we often make it. Um, There can be a lot of fun, a lot of interactive learning, hands-on snuggles, all the things. You do not have to lack in your loving, intentional parenting um, as you dive into also creating an environment that's conducive to learning in the coronavirus situation where you find your kids at home trying to do schoolwork. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. The first idea that I'm gonna share with you guys is one that I actually found off of Pinterest recently. So it is all about the clock, like the literal clock, which a lot of times, um, depending on the age of your children, you may have noticed that they are not very good at looking at a real clock that's not digital. Um, This one would be one that you could find probably for $10 um, at Walmart if you don't already have one. Just a very basic white background, black circle, like we grew up with, guys, when we were in school ourselves. Um, So what you're going to do to try to help kids kind of get and grasp the concept of time a little bit better Kids oftentimes, when you say, oh, you only have 10 more minutes, they have no idea what that means in real life, like (laughs) unless they are literally sitting in front of a digital clock that is counting down the seconds, which then that can actually become a little bit distracting because it's so intense, Um, and they can oftentimes think that 10 minutes is 30 minutes or two hours. I mean, they really don't know. So how do you say... Okay, we're going to sit down and I need you to do 10 minutes of your math homework when they don't understand what 10 minutes is. Okay, so that's where this clock comes in. So the clock idea is that you're going to take out the back of the clock that is kind of like a white color, and you're going to use different colors to actually mark out almost like a little pie chart what amount of time they're going to spend on what thing. So maybe math is blue and science is green and English is purple. And you're going to clock out how much time they have to spend on each thing. And depending on the age of your child, they may not have science to do or depending on the structure, but you design it in a way that fits for what you guys specifically need right now in this COVID crisis so that you know, okay, They can see when the hand comes from this point here on the three and it goes down to this point on the five, that that has been the length of time we talked about. And that way they can just glance up real quick and make sure, okay, I only have like half the time I had before. And that can give them a little bit more motivation and idea of like, okay, this is where I need to go with this. It is so easy when you're doing math problems to, even if you know how to read the clock, like, we're so used to digital, they may not look up and automatically think of what we would think of, right? As, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember this time in this way because they're little and they're still learning time. So it's all a little confusing. So this is a great way to start practicing, um, helping kids become more familiar with the basic clock as well as getting an internal sense of what does it mean to spend 10 minutes on something. Um, They're used to having bells and all sorts of things at school. You can also try to incorporate things like that. You could set your phone to go off at different times, and that lets them know, okay, I have five more minutes before it's going to go off and be completely done. Transitions for kids are huge. So the more that you can prepare them that it's about to be a transition into something else, before it's actually the transition, the less they have anxiety about what's happening and the less they kind of give that pushback that you sometimes see kids do when they either shut down or they're like, I'm not doing that. Um, That often happens when you're not transitioning them well. So if you can go ahead and begin to implement this in a way that meets your family's needs, of course, but just try it out and see what happens. Oftentimes, this will also give kids a sense of, like, ownership over their time, and they feel like, oh, this is my time to spend on this thing, and then enter in some free time somewhere in that clock for their day, so they know, okay, after I conquer this, then I'm going to get some free time. It's going to be amazing, and when I have my free time, here's all my choices I get and make a list of all the fun things. Have them draw a picture of all the things they love to do and would like to do during that time, and you circle the ones that you're approving as the parent. So maybe it's not screen time, and maybe it is. Maybe it's you get to watch five minutes of YouTube videos of your favorite dance song and dance around the house and get your you know jitters out of your body a little bit. And then when the clock hits this next point where I have, you know, colored in a new color, you got to come and sit down, do some more work. And then every time they've done about 15 minutes to 30 minutes of work, incorporate some of that fun free time. This helps to keep kids motivated to keep going. I mean, very similar to what you would do with a recess, right? But we're at home, so it looks different. All right. So that's the first idea is incorporating this visual clock to help kids feel like they have a sense of time, more control of how they use their time, and that this is something that they can use in their favor. All right, here is the second idea. Are you ready for it? I would highly recommend taking notes. Um, I am a play therapist. I work with kids. Um, I also specialize in trauma and working with adults through healing and trauma. But this today is my focus, is really looking at the child piece of it, okay? So I like to incorporate fun and play and interaction. Cognitive behavior therapy doesn't have to look like a worksheet. It can look so interactive. So as you're working with your child, And invariably, kids are like, I miss my friends. Like, I am so tired of being at home with all the people I see every day, and I miss my friends, and I miss my recess, and I miss, hey, for some of the high schoolers, it's like, I miss people that are going through what I'm going through, and they're trying everything they can to connect on social media to peers and friends, and thank goodness we have something to connect with, right? So social media can be a good resource, but it can also be a hindrance because there's bullying and things like that that can happen on there. So all of that to say, there are a lot of big feelings right now, a lot, a lot of big feelings for you, for your children, for your teenagers. It's There's like so much feelings in the house. I don't know if you're experiencing this, but like I have talked to so many people that are like, okay, we we're like trying to go outside and we're trying to move our bodies and but we still, everybody is just sensitive right now. and that's okay. That is a piece of us having empathy in a situation where people are dying and people are getting really sick and people are losing their jobs. It's a hard time. If you have big feelings about us going through a pandemic, welcome to the club. Big feelings are okay. So, when I'm working with kids and teens that have big feelings, because that's what I do, um, the reality is the pandemic heightens those big feelings. It doesn't make them have them for the first time. So, they have different things they've tried in the past to deal with their big feelings that maybe they've tried it in a school environment and they have like a school counselor or a social worker who's been really working on kind of a plan with them or a teacher with an IEP. And they have stuff at school that they haven't even tried at home that you may not even be aware of. So first thing I would recommend is if you have a child that you know has gotten some support at school in these different ways, sit down and ask them or go for a walk and ask them while you're walking, what do you do at school when you get really stressed out? What do you do at school when you start getting mad because the homework is hard and you can't figure it out? What can we do at home that's going to help you? Kind of like how you were helped at school in those different ways. Like, do you need a fidget thing? Do you need to change where you're at in the house while you're doing your work? Do you need to take a break and a cool down and do some deep breathing and, you know, do some jumping jacks to get out the stress out of your body? What is it that you need to do? And how can I, as your parent or your guardian or your grandparent, whoever you are, how can I help you through it? Because that's what I'm here for. I want you to learn. I want this to be fun. I don't want this to be a negative experience. Like, I'm so glad you're home more. I really am. But while you're home, I know I've been having big feelings. And here's how I've been dealing with mine. Give them some examples of good coping, guys. But I need to know, how can we help you with your big feelings? How can we take care of it? That way you're basically communicating to your child, "Hey, I get it. You're you're having big feelings and instead of you invalidating and saying, "What's your problem? You should be happy. You don't have to go to school." Da, 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 da. Instead of doing that and invalidating and minimizing what's going on in in your child's experience, make sure that you're recognizing that What they're going through is real and valid. And sometimes kids don't even have words for their feelings. So you may have to help them with their words. You may have to say, I've noticed one of your big feelings is you get really frustrated and you make that face. And just helping them to realize that you see them and that you know that they're struggling helps them to feel more supported, which naturally is going to help them in the moments to feel like, okay, well, I feel supported. My parent or guardian or grandparent is saying, like, they're going to help me through this. I'm not alone in this. I can do some good coping. I can do some fun things to get this out of my body. I can cry if I need to cry. Nobody's, I'm not going to get in trouble for feeling my big feelings. think so often kids feel like if they share their big feelings or any feelings honestly that are negative that they're going to get in trouble and so if you can communicate like hey I want to know your feelings so we can deal with them right then and there that is huge for children okay um (laughs) they need to feel free to share and if you are having a hard time with that um maybe you should look at what is it that you need to do on your own personal work for Feeling your feelings because feelings should not be something that we are so overwhelmed by that we cannot get past them and we have to push them down. They feelings come and go, they're like Missouri weather, it's all over the place, right? We've had hail, we've had beautiful sunshiny days, we've had overcast days. That's kind of how feelings work, they just kind of ebb and flow. Um, okay, so where was I? So basically. What you want to start doing with your child or your children or your teens is having a conversation about the big feelings and sharing with them that you're going to create. You're going to sit down with them, and you guys are going to make a list, and it can be a fun list. So if they're younger or if they're even teenagers and they're super creative – have them draw it instead of writing words because you want it to be something that when they look at, they remember what their things are that they're going to try to do when they're having a big feeling. So um, an example of this would be getting like a basic piece of paper. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be a white printer paper. It can be a little lined paper and have them sit down with crowns, markers, colored pencils, whatever you have on hand. And draw or write five things that they are going to try this week whenever they're upset. Okay, so you're probably like, okay, give me examples. You're the therapist. What should they try? Okay, so here's what I'm going to say first. Whatever they're trying to do, they need to try to continue to do it. If they are totally dysregulated, you have a kid that's like throwing things, screaming, yelling, hollering, kicking their feet, they're on the floor, um, all the things. If they're being like that, they need to do some pretty serious coping, okay? So theirs needs to look like going in to their room or their safe space or going outside for for a while if it's a nice day for about 30 to 45 minutes, you want them to do some intense coping and you don't want it to be the same thing the whole time. So maybe like, for example, if I've had a really stressful day and I'm an adult, but Hey, we have really stressful days sometimes too. Right? So if I've had a really stressful day, the first thing I'm going to do whenever I get off of work and I, is I'm going to move my body. And for me, because I'm silly and I like to have a lot of fun, I throw on my favorite Spotify um, songs and I turn it up real loud and I literally dance around, play with my dog, and, and I move my body as much as I can for about five to 10 minutes. So we're talking like one or two songs. This is nothing huge, but one or two songs you want to go ahead and do your thing, okay? And then... What you want to do after that is you want to have them do something a little calmer. So the little bit of calmer could really, it could look something like drawing, taking different colors that you see and or around the house and maybe they have to ask for them, maybe they don't, maybe they have them right in their bedrooms. And they can just sit down and color. And if they are mad, they can just scribble. It doesn't even matter. It's just literally the act of trying to get out their feelings in different colors. If they love painting or they love creating or they love Legos, all of the above can work for this. They just need to have their attention and their focus for, again, five, ten minutes on whatever it is that they're doing. Okay, so once I'm done dancing and things like that. I love to write. So oftentimes I will sit down and I will write. And if I don't feel like writing, I will draw and doodle. I love doodling. I'm, I do like mindful doodling. And then from there, I might go ahead and put on some calming kind of meditative music um, or encouraging music. I'm a Christian. I love listening to like Christian music, Elevation Church. Um, I go to regularly and I listen to their worship music on Spotify. It really just depends on what you like, right? So I'm gonna turn on some calming things, and this is helping my nervous system to remember to calm down. And then I'm gonna do something with my five senses. So I'm gonna notice five things around the room that I can describe. Because as I describe something, what it's doing is it's activating the logical side of my brain. If you're in big feelings mode, you're in literally big feelings. It's all about your emotions. So you need to kind of help to balance that out in your brain by activating your logic. So you want to describe five things that you see. You want to think about four things that you hear or that you feel. Three things that you can taste. Two things that you can, you know, go down the list of the five senses basically. That usually takes a good 5 to 10 minutes depending on how you're doing it because if you're being in the present moment, it's going to take you a little bit to really get those descriptions in. And then the last thing that I'm going to do is going to be reminding myself of what I need to do to get out of that mindset because at this point, after the logic side has been balanced back out, Maybe then I'm going to be able to talk and process through things. I might call somebody that's my support person um, and let them know what's going on. I might literally talk it out loud to myself, kind of like I'm coaching myself through the situation. I might throw on something. Maybe I have nothing positive to say and I don't really have a support that I want to talk to about it at the moment because I'm not there yet. Um, I'll turn on a podcast or a motivational speaker, or a YouTube video that's motivational, and I'll watch that. So I'm literally working to fill my mind with something positive. I'm trying to take all that I can in that's gonna be helpful in solving the problem, and moving my mood so I am not stuck. Okay, so that is the second example. Of what needs to be happening for you and your kids, truly, both of you, Um, all of us right now during this COVID crisis is we need to get a coping strategy list that we have that we can go to at any time. You can stick it on your phone. If your kids have electronics, let them put it on their phone. That's totally fine if they have access to it all the time. If they don't, they need to be drawing and writing it, sticking it in the Kitchen somewhere like on the fridge is good having it in like their bathroom that they use posting it on the mirror sticking it um, Next to their bed. So when they wake up in the morning if that's a problem area they can use it then and Then as the parent what you want to do is you want to be kind of like their positive coach in this So you want to be like whoa, I see Kind of almost like you're verbalizing a thermometer so you want to say, whoa, I can see that your frustration is getting pretty high. How about you try some of those coping skills? I don't want to try the coping skills. I totally get that you do not want to try the coping skills right now, but I need you to try at least one. Because remember, we talked about how we need to take care of our big feelings. I don't want your whole day to be frustrated I want you to feel the good stuff of life. I want us to be able to have fun today, but I know right now you have to take care of your big feeling first, so what can we do to help you? And as you say that, make sure you're speaking in a calm but kind of firm coach kind of way and that you are making eye contact, that you're not on your device just saying it and kind of Ignoring them while you're also going through the motions of saying, oh, I validated them. I said that they should do this. Really get in the moment with them. If you can, hold their hands. If they are okay with that, hold their hands and look into their eyes. Get on their level when you're talking about it. And then literally walk with them to wherever they have their visual so that you guys can review it together. All right, so that's the second thing I would highly recommend you do at this time. It is something that's good for all of life. It's one of those life skills to learn how to emotionally regulate yourself and what what you may need to take advantage of, right, to get there. And, hey, if you have no kids and you're listening to this, this works as an adult too, okay? When we're really intensely triggered by something, fight, flight, or freeze is going to go on for about, 45 minutes to an hour, while we're doing coping, our body is still going to keep trying because it thinks we're in danger to protect through the fight, flight, or freeze response. So reminding yourself in those moments, like, I am safe. I am okay. I just feel anxious, and that's okay too, but this is going to pass. This isn't forever. This is just a feeling, and I can take care of my feelings. I can get safe in my body. I can handle big feelings in a safe way. Okay, so there you go. Make sure you add that to your notes. It's getting at least five things. If they can't come up with five, aim for five. But hey, if they get three, give them some praise for that. If they're going to really try three things that last for 30 to 45 minutes, That's going to be a huge shift if they haven't tried anything. Okay. I believe in you. I think that even though this sounds a little difficult, that you can do this. Okay. So the last and final thing I'm going to talk about, the third thing that I think may be helpful, I found it helpful for hundreds of families that I've worked with, um, many, many children, Over time, I have worked with who struggle with this last thing I'm going to talk about, which is motivation. Hey, maybe you even struggle with motivation and you're like, I need something in my own life or this one. Um, You can be awesome when it comes to making sure your child knows how to cope with the feelings when the feelings come and they might be awesome at doing their time management But it is a lack of motivation to get them up and going, a lack of motivation to get them started on their schoolwork or to continue to do their schoolwork. There's just this lack of motivation. Maybe it has nothing to do with school. They're awesome at that, but the chores at home are like lacking, or even their willingness to engage in socializing with the family maybe they keep checking out to their room keep going away from everyone kind of isolating themselves even more than they need to be isolating all of those things kind of center around um, sometimes I mean sometimes it can be related to some depression symptoms and things like that but even with depression there's an issue of a lack of motivation that comes that's kind of a symptom of feeling kind of lethargic and kind of like I don't really care about anything So I figured we could talk about this because it's a big one. It is a big one for a lot of kids and a lot of teens, especially when you remove the element that they're used to of motivating them, whatever element that is that school has designed. So many of you have been like, how on earth do teachers get kids to focused and to get everything done and they have like 25 of them in a room like how is this even possible for one human being and you have learned through this coronavirus thing that you admire your teachers greatly your kids teachers and your own that you had growing up <laughs> because it is not an easy job. Okay, I totally agree with you and I have great admiration for teachers and great respect for them. Honestly, I think they're creative, they're intelligent, they are perseverers, they look for the good in in kids and in teens when other people don't see that potential. They are often the leaders in our communities of empowering these children. So, awesome. If you are a teacher, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thank you all year round, not only in a crisis, because I know what you're doing every day matters a lot. Um, That being said, right now, if you are a parent, you've kind of been called into this like semi teaching role that maybe you didn't sign up for and you didn't get a degree in. Well, one of the big things with teaching kids is teaching them basic life skills while you're also teaching them the educational skills. And teachers for years have done this so creatively and brilliantly when they have created point systems or reward systems in their classroom. So that is what I'm going to kind of introduce to you as an idea of something to try that might be a little bit different in your home than what you've done in the past. Many times as adults, I I don't know why we do this, but there's kind of a history of this idea that in order to get children to behave, we almost have to intimidate them or scare them or something into fear of and respect of the parent in order for the child to actually follow through and become this obedient child. What's interesting about this is in reality, as adults, what we have learned is that if we're in a situation where it's fear-based, we are less motivated because we don't want to live every day in fear. We, If we have a job and we have a supervisor that's like constantly threatening to fire us, yes, it may motivate us, but it also causes us to burn out faster. It also causes us to start looking elsewhere for other jobs, right? Right it doesn't keep the long-term effect and it doesn't create a positive quality of life. So why on earth would we do that with our children? I don't know. I don't know, but it's something that's like been ingrained and and so if that's you and that's what you're doing in your house, like I'm not here to tell you how to parent by any means, but what I can share is that insight that in the long term Teaching kids that motivation equals is connected with fear can actually hinder their growth and learning overall. Um, I used to be a teacher myself um, on the collegiate level and had done some research around how to like create most successful learning within a classroom environment. And one of the things that I learned as I was researching was that in order for somebody to truly learn effectively and for it to soak in and for it to connect greatly with their minds so they can recall it later and they can implement it into daily life and they can apply it to different situations, in order for that to be possible, the person first has to feel safe. Because if we feel threatened, what our bodies goes into is survival and survival mode is all about in the moment. That's how God designed our bodies. It's, it's all survival mode is in the present moment. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to get through? Because I need to protect my life. Okay. So that's not really the same as learning. Okay. How can I develop something that will last for five years? Or how can I add on to something else that's going to continue to grow in my learning? Because you're in survival mode. So, think about that when you're thinking about how to deal with your kids in these situations where you're kind of having them at home and you're trying to teach them. If you go at it and you are threatening them, if you don't do this, this is going to happen to you. If you don't do that, I'm going to do this or I'm going to take away this. If they are living in fear in the situation, they are less likely to gain anything from that time that they sit down to learn. It's just a fact. It's been scientifically, whatever behavioral studies have been done. Um, They've looked at the cognition, the way that the brain functions during fear versus during, during feeling safe. And it's just, our bodies are designed that when we're safe, we expand in our learning capacities and problem solving is better. It's more, you know, we can be more expansive in how we look at the world and how we deal with different things. When we feel safe, it helps us grow. Now being too safe and never getting out of the comfort zone, like that doesn't help, right? It's important to have kind of this this balance. But as you're diving into something you're not comfortable with, If you're dysregulated and you're really anxious, you're not going to perform your best. And that goes the same for us as adults in our workplaces. If we feel like we're being micromanaged and somebody's literally looking over us, looking for our mistakes, we are actually going to make more mistakes. But if we feel that somebody is respecting us and is trusting that what we're doing is a good job, and we get positive feedback for what we're doing, and then we get some encouragement on how we could continue to grow, we're going to perform better. It's just the way it goes. So when you're trying to think about how to motivate your child, you wanna think about what's gonna help them overall, which includes really good learning and safety. But you still want to teach them, okay, you can't just stay in the safe zone. So how do we do this in a way that is really effective for my child or my teenager long term? Well, we teach them all about problem solving. And we give them choices. So if you sit down and you do your homework and you're you know, doing your homework from the times that we talked about on the clock, and then you're giving yourself little breaks and, and you're not yelling and screaming and you're not refusing to do your homework, but you're just sitting down to try your best for those times that I've asked you to do that while I'm working on my work from home too. Um, you're going to gain points and the more points that you get, the bigger the thing or the reward is going to be. And you sit down with them and you figure out, What's kind of a small reward, a medium, and a large? And a large reward for some kids, if you have a bunch of kids running around at home, it might be that they want to have a daddy-daughter date or they want to have a mama-son date or a girl's day with their parent where you guys just do something fun together, the two of you, and the other kids hang out with the other parent or go to grandparents or have a babysitter or something that day for a few hours, that could be like a super big reward. I've known kids that the idea of like going to breakfast with their dad is just over the top exciting, okay? Just going out to breakfast, and right now we're in corona time, so it might not be going out, it might be having a special breakfast and making it together in the kitchen making brownies. I used to love making brownies with my mom. She would always let me lick the bowl and that made my heart really happy. So things like that that are wonderful. It's a good time that they can look forward to. Other things might be like small trinkets that you could get at the dollar store that, okay, well, if you earned this many points, you can spend your points doing this. Some kids, it might be, okay, if you do all these things, then you should be able to gain enough points to you to pay for some electronic time. Like we're not just going to give you electronic time, you're going to have to earn that. Because I believe that you can make good choices and I believe that you can earn this. And I don't want to take away your electronics, but I want you to make good choices during the day. So we're going to do it with points and then you'll still get time as long as you're following directions and being respectful, right? But if you decide that you're going to cuss at me or you're going to refuse to do your homework or something like that, well, that's, your consequence is gonna be you won't get those points for that day on that area. And as a parent, this takes a little bit of work on your end because you do have to keep track of the points to some degree, that's a very real thing. But you also, as a parent, it creates this nice dynamic where whenever you're seeing your child do the thing they're supposed to, you're going to praise them for it. And they are going to feel so much more motivated when they receive positive praise. So often as a parent, you might feel like all you're doing every day is just being the no and the stop and the don't do this person. When everything in your heart thought being a parent was going to be about raising kids where you were praising them and you were empowering them and encouraging them and you feel like, where is that? Where did that go? This is going to help you to naturally incorporate more of that. So at the end of the day, even if your child has totally bombed, like most of their points, there might be one area where they did a really good job of turning things around. And Maybe they started out really mad and they had that giant big feeling, but they actually used coping skills. Give them some points for that. Put that into their little point diagram of what they, what behaviors they're going to get points for, because that's a huge area to praise. Even if you've had a really hard feeling, hey, look, you did really awesome at managing and regulating it. And I'm so proud of you for making that good choice good job taking care of yourself. You, you get some extra points there. Okay. So just make it fun. Have your child do it with you to some degree. You kind of pick out which behaviors are most important, but Hey, give them an idea of, you know, say, Hey, I think it'd be really fun if we added a special area where you could get extra points. What do you think would be more challenging where you could, if you did it, You would get some extra credit, like maybe doing something nice for somebody else. Make it up together and do it together and it will become this natural routine as you go through. And it's something that instead of everything being a, you're going to be grounded, you're going to get this taken away, you're going to be in huge trouble and all this negative energy coming out of you onto them and then out of them onto you in return you're going to have a different kind of exchange that begins to happen. Not easy, but totally worth it in the end. And they learn consequences that are more more related to real world consequences for things. Like if you don't go to work, you don't get your points for going to work or your money in our case, right? If you don't save up your money for something you really want and you spend it all on little things, well, then you miss out on the bigger thing that you did want because you didn't save for it. So it teaches these natural life skills while it also provides a perfect environment for you to begin to encourage your child on all the good things that they are doing. And you're looking for that primarily. Wow, look, look how you just talk to your sister. I love how you encouraged her instead of calling her names. You're getting so much better about that. Wow. I really love how you made your bed. Oh my goodness. Look, the edges are even tucked in. Like that's impressive. Let me make sure I put that down on your point sheet today. You're doing fantastic. Make it fun. Because in reality, we all do better when we feel encouraged. And as a parent, or a guardian, or grandparent, as the adult in your child's life, or your teen's life, what you're saying to them most regularly becomes their inner voice. It becomes what they hear when you're not around. So make sure that you're doing your best to empower them and put the good stuff in. Yes, I know you don't want to do that, but you know what? I believe you can do hard things. I know you don't want to do that right now, but I believe in you, and I know you can make good choices. Even when they're hard choices, you can make good choices. Oh, this is a frustrating math problem or science problem. I'm even a little confused. What can we do together to figure this out? Help me problem solve. I know you're good at solving problems. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We could email your teacher. Yeah, I like that. Okay, and then we could do some Googling. Great ideas. I'm so glad we talked about this. Thanks for helping me problem solve. I I love how you're problem solving a lot lately. I know there's a lot of different things going on and you're doing a fantastic job. All right, so that is the third thing. I hope that's helpful. It's a I call it a point system. I do when I do points, I literally do points. You can decide how many points per day kids can earn. There's not a wrong or right way to do that. It really depends on your family and how you want to Tailor it to each of your children. I do recommend that if you have children of lots of different ages, that it's not your 15-year-olds not being held to the same standard as your 5-year-old, that the the different ideas of what they earn points for is different based on their age and and their development and things like that, obviously. But it's, it's a good thing. I think that at first it can be difficult, but as you get it, there's just like this natural rhythm that begins to happen, and, and it's you putting out there, this is my expectation of you because I believe in you, and the child is receiving it, and you'll get pushback at first because that's the natural thing. When any kind of change comes into a family, good or bad, there's going to be pushback at first, but over time, it can be a new regular, especially through this crisis, and honestly, that is what a lot of schools are doing with kids they do get points, or they're on like a little different color chart. There's all sorts of things that they implement in the schools that are very similar to what I just talked about that help your child to be successful when they're in the classroom. Okay, so I hope that's helpful. Um, As far as real-life application as a parent, hey, if you want to set up a little point system dealing with taking care of yourself, making sure you're exercising, making sure you're doing your self-care. However you want to do this is up to you. But I do know adults that have star charts. And (laughs) you know what? It works. It works if it's supposed to work for you. So try it out. We all need a little help at this time continuing to stay motivated and to feel like, oh, my gosh, even the little daily things, like doing the laundry and getting enough steps in – we get some kind of gold star for. Am I right? I think I'm right here. (laughs) All right, so that was number three. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode has really been an encouragement to you and that you've taken away some great practical tools to implement with your family and your kiddos at home. I know that it's not easy to be a parent and you are doing a fantastic job of showing up every day and of loving on your children. What you do as a parent is going to literally change the life of your child or the lives of your children. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up in their lives and for making that difference. I ask that if you do have anything that you have more questions about, that you send me an email. You can reach me at alexandra at restoredandempowered.org. That's all spelled out. I would love to give you more resources if there's something that you're needing. I just want to be here for you in this time to provide whatever I can free content wise because I know money's tight. Um, also, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. I'm going to continue to put out free content and I'd love for you to be a part of just experiencing the podcast. It's really encouraging for me when someone subscribes and it helps me to know that, yes, I need to continue to make these. So please do that and rate me. I'd really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Continue to do all the steps to succeed in keeping your family and yourself safe in the coronavirus time and i wish you wellness